I don't know a single business leader or anybody running a team for that matter who could not get a little bit better at the art of communication. How we impact, how we influence, how we engage. Uh, the power of being able to use our words effectively is one of the key skills that we all need to excel at. Which is why I'm delighted to welcome onto this week's TRM podcast, Esther Stanhope. Big background in uh, broadcasting. Uh, she's interviewed 4,920 celebrities, including George Clooney, uh, Dickie Attenborough. She's worked with people like Boris Johnson to help them people communicate with confidence and uh, impact. And spends her time uh, traveling the world, uh, educating the good and the great in terms of the ability to effectively communicate and have the impact we want to have. So um, really enjoy. She's got a fascinating background. Uh, it's been there, done it. And uh, I hope you enjoy the session. Good. A fantastic welcome to the TRM podcast to Esther Stanhope. Esther, uh, great to have you. It's not often I have somebody who has hung out with Martin Scorsese, Boris Johnson, uh, Madonna, the Spice Girls, Kate Winslet. Um, Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Gordon. It's a pleasure to be here. And you've done your homework, haven't you? You've been looking at my bio. Who have I rubbed shoulders with? I've done a little bit, little bit of research, and we'll, we'll go into um, your, your sort of backstory, and um, and obviously I really want to get into what makes you the impact guru, and, and learn a little bit about the book, uh, Goodbye Glossophobia, which you've got one of the funkiest covers I've seen on a book for a very long time. Uh, we'll get into that, but just for those people who don't know, you do want to talk, you've been a radio reporter, a TV producer, um, you done for somebody who comes from where I've done you know, some lots of cool funky stuff. What's the uh, what's your, what's your backstory that's brought you here? So the, the short answer to that, Gordon, is that yes, I've had twenty years in broadcasting, and I started out as a showbiz reporter. Hence, I've interviewed all those amazing people. I forgot about Kate Winslet at the Cannes Film Festival, and we had champagne together. You went we to the you went to the Titanic. I was I was actually um, Titanic wasn't even out. And I remember getting a scoop where she told me about how the water was really freezing when they were filming and how James Cameron was quite moody. (laughs) I think that went in the Daily Mirror. (laughs) So I started out, you know, as a reporter and I sound as if I'm, you know, I'm born to be on camera. And there I am scurrying around with a microphone. But I was very much, you know, very comfortable getting other people to speak, getting the best out of other people. And then my whole career really has been about in broadcasting, producing, bringing things together, telling stories, getting the teams to be brilliant, getting the talent to perform. And I didn't really feel very confident myself. And so when I left the BBC to set up my business, which was then to help leaders in business, because if you take the rules of broadcasting, and I worked all those years at the BBC as well, setting up shows, working in live studio environments, manhandling Boris Johnson, I'll have you know. (laughs) Now, here's a handful. (laughs) Um, But all the tips that I learned in broadcasting, when I started talking to business leaders, when I was thinking about setting up my business, I said, you know, this is what people need when they come on air. A lot of the time people need presence, some charisma. They need to just sit up straight, get their voice. They need to project their voice more. And there's a couple of really simple things about having a top line. And I remember the people in business would say, wow, can you come and work in my, can you come and help my team? And then I thought, oh, that actually, that's, that does work. And I love the idea of setting up my own business. You know, I had young family, 
So then I set the business up. I started working with global organizations, very quickly started working with management teams, leadership teams, people on the promotion trajectory. And as you know, in recruitment, a lot of people find it really difficult to sell themselves. And the tips that you need to sell yourself are really similar to some of the really practical skills that you learn as a broadcaster. And so what I've done is I've joined the dots and I've said, right, take those tips, and particularly in the virtual world, mm. just take some of these basic, you know, turn up, look at the camera, shine, smile, <laughs> and don't be afraid, you know, don't hold yourself back. And, um, and, and that really does make a massive difference to people's careers when they learn how to do that. So that's what I do now. And I love that. I love the way it sort of that background is translated into into our world of, of, of business. And when I, when I, when Joe first in, said to me, "You've got to you've got to speak to Esther," I looked at your back back your background and, and, and what you do, and I thought she sounds absolutely fascinating. I'd love to chat to her, but I'm not sure because I overfocused on the public speaking thing. But actually, the more the more I looked at what you do, it's this thing about confidence and influence and impact, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wrote the book about public speaking. And by the way, glossophobia is the glosso is the ancient Greek word for tongue. So it's it actually is a scientific word. It means, you know, the fear of speaking of, you know, of language or or the fear of speaking. Um, And I wrote that book really because I struggled with it myself. I found that I was helping all these people. I was really confident in a small group. And then suddenly, within a couple of weeks, I was at a massive, you know, it was like a conference. There was going to be a conference. And somebody said, well, can you come and speak at the conference? And I said, what, what do you mean, speak? But, you know, can you come to the conference? And I said, well, how many people? And they, were, they said, oh, probably, you know, maybe at that point, it was probably only about 50. It was going to be a breakout session with all of these business people. And I thought, oh, I've got to stand in front of 50 people because I'd already kind of failed at public speaking in the past. Um, I thought I kind of written myself off, which is another mistake people make writing yourself off, you know, for not being good at pitching yourself and speaking. Mm. And, and I really was, you know, I, I got the shakes, the sweats. If you, if you read my book and I will give away my audio book, by the way, at the end, if you want it, I I, the stories about sweating and my mind going blank, having an out of body experience, sleepless nights. It's a very quick weight loss plan. <laughs> If you suffer from it, <laughs> but the bit, the bit, the, the bit that because the public speaking bit is is actually for, for a lot of our members. Then they're, they're not doing much. Some of them do, but not doing much public speaking. The bit I'm really interested in, and I've never really thought about before speaking to you, is the what, when you uh, people who've done what you've done, whether they're interviewing people or, as you say, you get on Zoom. When you have that opportunity in front of a bunch of people, which all our members do as business leaders. They have a chance to be in a meeting or on a Zoom with a bunch of other people. And the way they have, they maximize their impact. I mean, I, I don't, I'm conscious of it because I do a lot of it. And uh, quite often I'm hosting, so I've got to bring the energy to the to the gig. But the impact and influence and, sh- and structure and, and prep that we do for these, some of the things, particularly when we're busy people, is is nothing compared to, I guess, what professionally you're, in your world people would do. And, and is that some of the things that you sort of help people get better at? How do you impact in, in all these occasions? Absolutely. And actually, it's not as difficult as, as it sounds. I and mean, you don't have to be a professional broadcaster to really 
ace it in a in a job interview situation or in a meeting. Mm. You do need to learn a few skills, though. And I think what happens is that people don't realize the impact they can have if they spend a little bit of time working on themselves and their own style, their own personal brand. That's a thing now, a personal brand. But it's actually really important. A personal brand is what do people think about you? When you turn up on Zoom or in, on Teams and you're in that meeting, what impression have you left? Mm. And it's not a bad, don't get paranoid. People think, <gasps> when I do a personal brand session, I say, what do you think people might say about you after the meeting? And, they, and everyone thinks it's like criticism. This isn't a criticism. This is about not, oh, it's scary. What might they think of me? This is terrible. This isn't, you know, I sound American now, but it's an opportunity to shine. <laughs> it's an opportunity to, you know, put your best foot forward. And yeah. if you know some of the basic skills, like look at the camera and don't have a rubbish background and do put some extra lights on and just think about hair, wardrobe, makeup. That's it's that simple, really. And that's what they do on TV. They walk in, they go into makeup. Nobody questions it like, oh, do you think I ought to go into um, hair, wardrobe, makeup today? Yes, you do. <laughs> and even just thinking about it is more than just turning up with your disheveled pajamas on. And um, it depends, obviously, what the who the meeting's with. Sometimes it's informal. It might be appropriate to yeah. wear pajamas. You're, you're making me very self-conscious about what I'm wearing. <laughs> As you were speaking, then, but that's okay. The um, but but actually, that point you make you make about what impact you want to leave, uh, and I always like the question: What do you want people thinking, saying, feeling as a result of that? Yeah. Um, because we're busy, and, and possibly because we're doing regular weekly sales meetings or regular monthly, the kind of effort and, and uh, the effort and prep you put into it, and thinking about how I come across, etc., is gets lost along the way, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think well, when I'm working with organizations and I'm working with teams of people that are on a kind of path of promotion, so they're going through various different panel processes and they've got to you know, defend their business case or go, go, for, you know, go to this dif- different levels of management you know, to prove themselves. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying doing that. And, and I, I really feel I feel the pain. I've been I mean, even at the BBC when we had these awful panel interviews for the promotion process it was horrible I don't like that process actually I don't think a lot of interview processes don't bring out the best in you however you can think about it and think about it in terms of what works for you it's not you know you're not in a you're not going to get told off (laughs) you know you're not going to blow up if you don't answer the right question it's about just relaxing into your own style and I think a lot of people find it really scary to be themselves. They think they've got to be formal. They've got to know a script. It's got to be perfect. They've got to be correct. They can't look a fool. And and actually, when you're sitting on a panel or doing an interview, a lot of it is about the way that you're coming across. It's not necessarily just about the content that you're that you're um, sharing. Mm. So people they think, oh, yeah, 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 no, but, you know, uh, that, that's fine. But it's really important that I know the right answer. It's more important that I'm credible in my my market knowledge, you know, and so people mm. concentrate on market knowledge and the competencies. And oh, I, I've got an, I've got a good answer for what makes you a good leader, you know, <laughs> and it's really important to have good content, but it's got to be real. It's got to come from you and your personality. And a lot of people don't let themselves go sometimes yeah. Yeah. in that environment. 
And I think it, it's it, just thinking about the last couple of years. I mean, so many of our so many of our members have launched uh, different different roundtables to build communities within their sector, and and therefore they're possibly hosting things in, in a way they haven't had to before without any professional background that that that, that, that you've got. So, what would you be saying to people is who, who want to be at, integral and centre to a community or a virtual roundtable or a face to face roundtable? To be the ultimate, to be the ultimate, um, have the ultimate impact. And okay, so that's a great question because a lot of people think, yeah, I'm going to get on camera, I'm going to get, a, I'm going to look smart, I'm going to host, you know, these events. Brilliant. The first thing is absolutely do it as many times as you possibly can every week, because <laughs> the more you do it, the better you get and the more you learn. However, what I would say is one of the biggest, most effective ways to make an impact is to really, really care more about the audience than yourself. That's really the key. In fact, that was the tip I gave Boris Johnson once when he came in late for his question times with the mayor of London. He's like, got any tips, got any tips? And I actually said, love your audience a little bit more than yourself. <laughs> and everything else will fall into place. And I think he went, uh, oh, I can't, too, too difficult. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, when you're there serving your audience and helping them and sharing your knowledge, listening to them, it's not about you. It's about what you're giving the audience. Mm. And so this whole confidence piece and how to speak and how, my voice and how do I stand, it's really important. But I always say it's the, the actual basics of good communication and the basics of being able to turn up and host something really effectively always serve your audience will they be bored after a minute do you need to change it up a bit so they don't get bored what would they like to hear do they want some free food probably yes <laughs> and i'm sure when you run your summits and your retreats you're really good at that sort of thing gordon <laughs> we, 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 feed, we feed them well we feed them well yeah, yeah. but things like you know the, the people like something for free people like yeah. something new they like a surprise yeah. they don't want to be bored and they do want to be heard so bearing that in mind how are you going to operate and, and how are you going to yeah. um prep your running order as i like to call it you know what's your agenda so you bring yeah. the audience in yeah, no, I, I love, um, again, we do a lot of the, the big events, all of the face-to-face where we will literally break it down question by question, five-minute slot by five-minute slot to mix up the dynamic and the, and the uh, to make sure we get the outcome we want. But the um, that's interesting. Let me go back to this confidence thing because you said, and used a slightly different word that I'm going to use because I don't think we've got many children listening to this, but you never know. You said <laughs> screw the fear or a variation of that and do it anyway when it came to sort of, putting yourself out there and, and taking control. We the, could we could add in a word, um, feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear. That's, that, <laughs> That's not too F, rude. F dot, dot, dot. Feel, I don't know why feel the fear. It's the F word, yeah. Feel, feel the, fear. the fear and do it anyway. That's a book by Susan Jeffers, and I use that, that a lot. Um, it was so funny. I was just thinking, we were talking about going out of our comfort zone the other day, and I was thinking, you know, when I first had to do some public speaking, I was frozen. I was petrified, but I felt as if I was at a crossroads. I felt as if one direction was fear and either I'm going to face it and jump <laughs> and the other direction was shame. And, you know, I'd be so shamed up 
my, my own personal shame, but sh- you know, what will people think of me if I fail at this, you know, if I don't go down the fear um, road? So I kind of think, you know, you've got to feel the fear. I mean, you know, what would you rather shame or feel the fear and do it anyway? Mm. I think most of you would go, most of us would go along that diving board and walk towards the fear <laughs> and jump. Um, yeah. I, I think it's really, really important in your career and, and when you're, recruiting people and then people are going for different roles and there's lots of movement isn't there at the moment um there's always lots of movement people getting jobs and getting promoted it's quite scary to become a leader a lot of my clients when they're on that they're kind of going from say if it's professional services firm if they're going from director to partner or even senior manager to director i sometimes say have you agreed with yourself that you are going to be a leader because it's really, they're, they're scared of failing. I think it, the, the, the overwhelming sense of responsibility, the overwhelming sense of, wow, I mean, I've got to be a grown-up now. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to be in charge. You know, I'm a proper influencer. You know, I've, got to, I've now got to really think about what my vision is and, I've got to, and, and I'm going to be a role model. You know, it's quite a big responsibility. But I think a lot of people get really scared of that. But, but and I also think, and I, I love the way that you put that. I also think a lot of people don't think about that, and it's probably the fault the fault of the person that gave them the new responsibility. Because yes, do, do you want this job which comes with increased money, increased responsibilities, credibility? Yeah, I'll have all that. Do you understand the consequence of what we're looking for in this role over and above the basics of the job? Going back to what you're saying, you know, the leadership, new role modelling, you being an influencer on other people, you recognising you're on stage all the time. And those conversations don't happen, do they? Yeah, I think, and also I'm learning, every day I learn, I learn from listening to people and seeing people and the way that they they feel and the way that they grow in their confidence when they start adapting and adopting some of these, adapting their behaviour and then adopting um, the, the tips and techniques. I like to think of some of my tips as, I call it the totty, the tip of the iceberg, right? Because a lot of people would hire me because they say, oh, this guy needs more impact or this, this woman doesn't seem confident. Mm. So, oh, Esther, you do the whole, you know, sit up straight, get that voice out there and the techniques of performing well, and that's absolutely my bag. But what I've realized is that that is literally the totty. It's the tip of the iceberg. If you stand up straight, look at the camera, smile and just pause and now answer the question, you will look much more like a leader than if you don't. <laughs> yeah. but what happens underneath the tip of the iceberg is, is if you start using these tips and acting as if you are really confident, and acting as if you really do know what you are talking about, even if you don't, and I'm not saying lie, but sometimes you just have to handle the, the questions and handle a subject mm. rather than be perfect and know everything about everything. And just by behaving in a, in a positive way with good posture and good voice, good pace, good pacing <laughs> um, and some good top lines and a bit of messaging in there, you know, just by acting that, that that's on the outside. That's just the surface stuff. But when you start doing that regularly, it, it seeps down into the rest of the iceberg. And then you're, you know, you, then you actually start believing that you mm. are confident, you are solid, mm. you do own that space. But I know a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome, particularly women. And I am going to make a generalization, but I, you know, I've spoken to thousands of people all over the world. And when I speak at women's events in particular, um, you know, there's a lot of secret 
I'm, I'm not good enough. I just, that voice of doubt, you know, you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I've learned um, to help people, first of all, say, everyone's got that. Men have that too. You know, we've all got the voice of doubt. You're not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I quite often say, name your voice of doubt. You know, negative Nancy, cynical Cyril. <laughs> it's a good one. I think it's just about, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Stop giving yourself a hard time. It's okay to have some doubts, but you can, you know, there are tips and techniques and things that you can start focusing on more. And as you as you get more senior, then it becomes much more public. And also, as you get more senior, as you know, Gordon, you get asked to be a guest, to be a panelist. You get asked to speak. Can you say a few words? Can you say a few words at the retirement drinks? Can you have a welcome at the golf day or the offsite? A few words here, a few words there, sometimes very little notice. I've got some great tips for those moments. <laughs> I'm going to ask you two top tips yeah. before we finish. But the, but the, um, just that piece about, it's really interesting because so you I know you work with organizations large and small and working with the leadership teams to be more of effective and have a bigger impact. But the you know, when I think about all, all our all our members are entrepreneurs, they're business owners, they're small business owners who uh who need to inspire their teams to do things in certain ways, to change, evolve, to be better than everybody else, to give that extra effort to to smash the customer experience out of the park. Your ability to communicate that effectively in a way that's going to engage and inspire is absolutely critical, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's really important that, you know, you've got to make your, you know, you've got to, you've got to focus on your profits. You've got to focus on the business and the commercial side of, of running a business. And it can be really frustrating if you're a leader and you've got teams of people and they think, how much time do I have to put into motivating don't you just get it? We're meant to be making money here. <laughs> can you just kind of like, can everyone just be together making money? And it doesn't quite work like that because teams are funny personalities and they need to be told and reassured and they have different personality types. Whole other conversation, by the way. I love that conversation about what sort of person you are because that's very relevant to the sort of leader that you're likely to be and the sort of speaker that you're likely to be. But I've got one very funny story about one of my clients and he had just taken over a merged, um, it was an insurance firm actually, and there were a few hundred people around the country in different offices. Mm. And he was, and I, I was working with his senior management team on an, an offsite. Uh, and I was doing how to speak like a leader, how to make an impact, how to motivate your team and, and all those kind of themes. And we were doing some practical exercises. And, um, and he was saying, you know, can I just have a quick chat, quick word? So I've got this, I've got to go around to go around all the country and I've got my slides ready and as he was talking to me his management team were behind him listening in to him talking to me so they were listening on what's he going to say he said look I've got these um these slide deck you know because I want to share you know the roadmap of, the, of what we're doing <laughs> and, and, and his team were like you know he's, he's I think it's quite boring you know like please tell him tell him <laughs> and I said well how many um you know we talk about this deck and I don't want to get bogged down by slides and PowerPoint. Okay. But I did say, you know, so how many slides do you have in this deck? Just give me an example of what you're thinking. You know, he's like, oh, well, at the moment I've probably got, you know, I don't know, 99 <laughs> loads, loads of slides. And so my face kind of like, oh, he went, why? Is that bad? And I was like, well, look, all you've got to do is 
just just do this one thing. Just imagine that you are one of the people in your team. You know, just say it's the Birmingham office or whatever. There's a couple of hundred people sitting there. Imagine that you're sitting in that room and you know, you're about to come and imagine that you, you're looking at you on the stage and you say, right, I've got 99 slides here, an entire roadmap of what we're going to do. You know, how would you feel? And he was like, uh, yeah, get your point, get your point. Yeah, I don't think they're going to, yeah. So particularly the junior people, they're not really going to want to sit through right. a very detailed PowerPoint presentation. And by the end of the session, he, he, came, he came up to me, he said, look, I've had a think about what you said about the audience. I've decided I'm only going to have one slide and it's going to say, thank you. And his team went, yeah, thank you, thank you, hurrah, hallelujah, he's got it, he's got it. And, and that's, that, that story, it's about what do they need, not, not, not even what do they want, what yeah. do they need? Because a really good lesson that you learn in broadcasting is that audiences are selfish, lazy, and ruthless. Wow. <laughs> I stole wow. that quote from um, <laughs> Jakob Nielsen, as the professor of the internet guy, yeah. this old guy. He was like, selfish, lazy, ruthless. People have got no time. They don't care about you. They just want something for themselves, right? It's just human nature, right? But it's not a bad thing, and it's not personal to you. It's just life. So cater for them. <laughs> Love it. Now, and actually, if you went into every meeting thinking that, and therefore, and therefore, what I do about it, how cool would that be? Um, so that's love it. Um, so Esther, people can reach out to you. The book is that that's available. Yes, the book is available. And actually, if you want to, if you want a free audio book, you could. I'm very happy for people to email me. So listen out. It's Esther at estherstanhope.com and Esther is spelled E-S-T-H-E-R. If you Google me, you'll find me and there's a contact form on my website. So please feel free to contact me. I'm on lots of social media platforms. You can DM me. <laughs> I, think, I think I pick up all my DMs. That's been brilliant. And I could have asked a lot more questions about Boris and his communication and what you know, but uh, that'll, be for another, that'll be for another day. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, it's really interesting. This whole communication piece fascinates me. The impact and influence we can have as business leaders. Thank you for joining us. Great to see you. We'll see you again. Thank you very much, Gordon. And my, my final tip is eyes and teeth. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.